Hello and welcome to the unofficial, unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is European Dan, and with me as always is my good friend, Aussie Sarah. How are you, Sarah? I'm alright. <laughs> you just failed at being Aussie straight up. Just failed. Utterly failed. Well, according to you, Sydney's completely chocker with um, Australian, um, with no, British accents. No, 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 no. No, I think our famous more... our famous beaches are full of British expats, and oh, that's yeah. that's you're, very you're, deliberate. Your your balcony is like annoying because all you can hear is the British voices, right? Oh god, it's so it's so fucking just oh, and and you know what it is? It's not so much that they're British because you're just making me sound like I'm really really, you know, anti-British. Which I mean, you know, I'm not. It's it's just that it's just that you open the balcony window a little bit, and all you can hear is them going. Oh, it's just better in London, you know. The restaurants aren't <laughs> as good, the pubs aren't as good. It's just the the weather's better, you know. And it's it's just like, well, fuck off back to London then, you know. Anyway, so. Dan xenophobia aside, <laughs> how are we have had so much racing. We we missed a week last week because Dan has been all over the place. So if he's all more all over the place than normal, that's why. But so much racing so much racing and we had some loads of good video loads of interesting things loads of news and some polemica there's been all sorts of craziness going on actually um i i i look i need you to explain something to me okay so um i understand it was the european uh cross-country mountain bike championships over the weekend and i did see a photo on twitter and i I need you to translate from European for me because this just looked like two people having a respectful, professional workplace conversation. Where, <laughs> Is where, that what it looks like? Yeah, well, that's, that's what the photo looks like. You just look at it and it's, you know, if anything, it's a bit stiff and formal, which makes sense because that's how we assume all Europeans are. It's a bit stiff and formal. Um, you know, it, it, I don't understand. Apparently, there's there's more subtext to it than that, though. Yeah, um, okay, so European under-23 uh, cross-country championships and one of the big rivals, Reese, about the cross-country World Cup this year in the elite section has been Yolanda Neff and Paulina fran Prevo. except it's not really rivalries, they're on the same team, Live, And so Yolanda's won one of the mountain bike World Cups and Pauline fran Prevo's won two. But when they went up against each other in the, in the, in the Euros, under-23s, because they're not allowed to race elite... Then, in the like, they're actually just not allowed. They're not allowed to race the elites Jeez. in the World Championships and in the European Championships. And it's a bit weird because, um, when you know, like with road and with cyclocross, when the men race, they've yep. basically got a choice about whether they can be under 23 or, um, you know, or elite. And they've yeah. got to be all year, which makes sense. But yeah, they're, 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 basically, they're basically banned from it, which is weird. Um, which is also interesting because, you know, with these two women, I think, you know, between them, they've won four out of the five rounds. So yeah, that's going to be, it's going to be a slightly dodgy world championship <laughs> this year. What are you, are you predicting? Um, you know, bike pumps through through wheels, or no, 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 no. I mean, I'm predicting a world championships where the winners, like, yeah, I haven't really gone up against the best in the world, have I? <laughs> oh, right, okay. But is that what the, is that is that what the photo was about? Was was Pauline just going, yeah, you're not really the best in the world, like, just admit it. Well, no. Well, what happened was apparently, well, after after the race, basically, Yolanda Neff took to Twitter to claim that Pauline had pushed her into the into the tape because she didn't want to go to a sprint with her because they were coming up you know to get coming up together in the last lap and they'd crashed earlier and just before the final sprint they both went down because Yolanda 
went into the netting and and she says oh well Pauline pushed me because she's really unsportsmanlike and Pauline was like she's crazy um oh and- right you know I understand all this this makes perfect sense so you might not know but the the world cup of football um started on on Thursday and so they're just getting into the spirit of it Yolanda took a dive tried to milk a penalty Pauline's protesting what that well, I barely touched her you know it's it's yeah, just it's just, it's it's just football protest. spirit yeah. yeah yeah but well I mean the thing is 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 the commissaires because I there's no video so we can't tell which makes it even more interesting polemica but Pauline's like um no I didn't go I kept to my line and the commissaires said she kept to her line it's just that the course narrowed at that point and Yolanda was trying to come in on you know and wasn't quite fast enough to pass her on a on a narrowing course if 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 the ref doesn't blow the whistle it's not a foul that's all I'm saying yeah, so we started off with some cross-country mountain biking. Then we moved to the Basque Country. Which is kind of like cross-country mountain biking. Except it's not. It's roads, it's hills, it's rain. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's exactly like it, except for it's the bit that it's not. Of, <laughs> it's tons of video. We started with, with the, and names I love to say, so I apologise. So we started with Durango Durango and Macumin Saria, which is a, um, a, a kind of a race which starts off flat, then goes hill, 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 and then finishes off flat. And that ended up in a breakaway which had Voss, Lizzie Armitstead, Anna van der Breggen, Elisa Longo-Borghini, and Mariana Voss won. And there are some really nice videos. I really like Inigo Gavato's videos. He's made some lovely ones. And I mention them especially because two days after Durango Durango is the Basque stage race, the Amacamine Bira. Which is usually um, a very exciting race and lots of fun. You know, like it's, well, I mean, obviously. It's always a very exciting race and lots of fun, Daniel. I was allowing for a possibility in a universe where it might not be. That's all. It is not not as much fun as back in the day where they used to have uphill finishes and uphill time trials. And when we say uphill, we mean ups Basque Mountains time trials. Please come back 14 kilometres non-stop uphill mountain time trail. Look, I can't think... I, I just, of... Look, you just need to find the bit on the UCI where you can get the, the Certificate 3 qualification in race planning and, and course design. And then, and then you can make those yourself. I would design the best courses. And you know, you know who would sir, 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 design the absolute best courses though would be um, Erlaub on, uh, yes. on Twitter. He his like nails course design absolutely. Well, anyway, because these people might not know Erlaub. Well, they um, do now because they can look him up on Twitter and then they can see all the things about penguins and bats and course design. Yes. So, so um, yeah. So the Basque race. It's four stages. Um, over four days it's it's um it's it's very rolling country um, now what i could not believe like just could not believe about this race because you know it, it's not the flattest of races was how much uh kirsten veal dominated it was incredible like or you can't tell me you were expecting that on this on this course you just know Dan's been travelling a lot. He's got Australian <laughs> jet lag. He's probably got one of those hideous viruses you pick up from aeroplane um, air conditioning systems. If I've only got one, I'll be very glad. Um, it was um, it was not dominated by Kirsten Fields. <laughs> Um, so it's very rolling stages, and what happened was they tended to have 
their nice big climbs towards the end. Well, they used to have, have a nice big climb amongst other climbs towards the end of their stage and then end in a downhill. And on stage one, there was a breakaway which had about eight or nine riders, um, you know, Emma Johansson and Ashley Moolman and Lisa Longo-Borghini. Good break. Good but, riders, yeah. But on the final climb from this break, a three-woman breakaway got away, which was <laughs> Mariana Boss, Pauline Fran-Provost and Shit. Anna Pantagon. <laughs> well, you know, like sometimes you win them and sometimes you just really don't. Like, yes. wow. Yeah, three. if you're gonna pick, you're gonna pick three riders to to ride away from you who are on the same fucking team. Yes, <laughs> you like, can you imagine? And there's an Orica race report where poor Emma Johansson's talking about how when she she thought she she thought there was something hideously wrong with her legs. It felt just like she had a puncture. And that, on the final climb, and that's because she did have a puncture. <laughs> yes, I did actually see that where where she had like a slow leak, and it as near as they can work out, she picked it up like just at the bottom of the climb, like literally the worst possible place. No, 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 it wasn't at the bottom of the climb. I think it was on the. I think oh, she picked it up. Yes, yeah, and, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. And so, um, yeah. and so she's partway through the climb before she's aware, and then it's like ah, fuck. Yeah, and last year she and won the if, whole Like, to be race. fair, if she was in a men's race, that's the point where you pick your bike up and throw it off the side of a mountain because men get extra bikes and points for doing that sort of childish <laughs> shit. And women look after their gear because they're responsible. Uh, keep that in mind, potential sponsors. Yeah, keep, keep that in mind, sponsors. You want your product treated well? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, so three Rabo bands. <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, this this does lead me to my favourite part of the the race overall is um, when Sarah confessed to me that someone on Twitter had um, had declared that 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 stage was a case of stompity stompity stomp, <laughs> and I, I have to admit I really like the idea that we're turning that into a hashtag. So it was. It was a bit of a stomping by Rabobank. <laughs> um, the, the finish line photo is Pauline and Anna crossing the line, like literally just like millimetres apart, with Mariana behind them because, you know, just to make the point, with her arms in the air going, yay! <laughs> um, then Lizzie Armour said won the sprint out of the small group with Anna Meek Van Vlerten in fifth. <laughs> That's four Rabos in the top five, Dan. And then... Um, yeah, can you imagine what their faces look like when they realise, A, when they realise they've got away together because, you know, Pauline is a really great descender and Mariana's a really great descender and so Anna just had to hold on, you know, just had yeah. to follow their line. They're not going to try and drop her. But they just must have been laughing all the way to the finish line with Annemiek in the break just laughing and laughing and laughing too. It was just a stomping. And there's a photo which yeah. kind of... It, it was just, it's just a, a nutty demonstration of strength, isn't it? You know, uh, it's just yeah. ridiculous. And, um, yeah, uh, there's a photo of them, of Rabo just before stage two. It, it, this well, this actually has to be like the best photo of the year, doesn't it? Yeah, well, it's it's Rabobank, and only one of the team are in national are, are in the Rabobank team kit. Yeah, <laughs> because you've got the six riders. Mariana's in her world champion stripes. Pauline's in the uh, race leaders jersey. Anna van der Breggen's in the uh, mountains jersey. And Amit van Vlerten's in the sprint jersey. Lucinda Brown's the Dutch national champion. So that only leads to Lita de Jong wearing the Rabobank <laughs> kit. <laughs> 
it's, it's just you know, like like Rabo could actually, you know, if if they were out there, they they could get that. Um, they should be um, hitting up Skittles for um, for sponsorship. You know, chase the rainbow. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like the jersey designer, isn't it? Hey, jersey designer, can you design a Rabobank jersey? Don't worry, no one will ever see it. Which some people really dislike the Rabobank jersey and say is a good thing. But I like it. I think it's great. Anyway, yeah, so I don't, I can't, we can't really go into too much about the rest of the race because on stage two, Mariana Voss won solo, stealing the lead from Pauline Fran Um On stage three, Pauline Fran won solo, stealing the lead from Mariana Voss. And on stage four, Mariana Voss won the won the won the stage, and Pauline won the um won the won the overall, with Anna van der Breggen finishing. So basically, the uh the the, the GC was Voss, sorry, was Pauline Fran Mariana Voss, Anna van der Breggen, all Rabos on the podium, with Ashley Moorman. Congratulations, Ash, fourth in GC. You're the highest Rabobank non rabo finisher. Well, well done, Ash. Um, it does put me in mind, though, I think uh, along with um, Skittles as a potential sponsor, Rabo should look into getting a proper mascot now. Um, did you ever see the, the kids' cartoon show Voltron? Oh, good God. No? No. No? Oh, no. great cartoon. Um, basically, it's these people, um, a team of five, who, who pilot space robots that are in the shape of lions and do battle and occasionally they'd come along an enemy that was super big so then they'd have to join their space line robots up to make a bigger robot it was awesome no it was cool not like power rangers fuck um you know all kind of like the dinobots in transformers you know but so so basically what you're saying is that rabobanks rabobanks um mascot should be space robots yeah, but space robot bikes that do battle with lasers and then oh. join together to form giant space robot bikes that well, have big actually, lasers. They do have a new mascot. Because and then go stompity, stompity, stomp, of course. You know, that, that yeah, would be the course. sound effect. Yeah. Um, goes without saying. So, um, yeah, so, Rabo, they do have a new mascot because when you win a stage in, in the Maccabean Bureau, you get a different cuddly toy every year. Oh, okay. And this year's cuddly toy was a giant floppy frog. Oh, what a letdown! Um, well, I, no, I, if you'd said giant space bike robot, that would have been like perfect. But it wasn't. Yeah. It was a frog. Like, I'm just imagining yeah. you playing giant space bike robots. Um, I would I, be really good at that game. I would dominate I that game. To give a shout out to our friends Marcos Misiklismo and um, Babalia Yolanda and Kapolma um, Saul, who were all at the race and all had amazing photos and kept us really well updated on social media and and it was just one of the easiest races to follow. So thank you, thank you, thank you, and you know using the Vera hashtag um, and also a ton of video. Like like we've got like none of it's like official video, but but there's a ton of video um, uh, with Marcos had a video from the from within the Bizkaya Durango race car for example there's loads of stuff to see so thank you thank you we really appreciate it muchísimas gracias and it's all on our blog prowomenscycling.com but i also wanted to say do you remember so rabo stompity stompity stomp they've won something like 72% of the races they've entered this season yeah yep or is that since boss is back anyway but do you remember rabo at the beginning of the season for the first, for the whole of the classic season, our theme about Rabo was 
God, those poor writers just can't win. Yeah, well, because the thing is, it wasn't like they were performing badly. They were doing quite well. They were racing very aggressively and, and were, you know, very, very attacky and, and impacting races. They just weren't converting at the finish line. Um, and and it was one of those mystifying, well, not mystifying, but it was just one of those things that we were commenting on because it's, you know, that, that's got to be super frustrating, particularly because the team is, you know, particularly at that time of the season, Voss isn't back yet, so they're trying to prove that they can win without her. Mm. And um, But it, it, the thing that's most interesting to me about this is, though, that now that Voss is back, they're winning heaps, but it's not just Voss that's winning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, part of that is the Voss effect because, you know, you have that thing that we've talked about before that you end up in a break and people don't know whether to attack you or to attack Voss, you know, and blah, blah, blah. Voss attacks and or, or and, and do you let her go or do you not let her go? Someone else attacks and do you let her go or do you not let her go? But I'm, I am super, super happy that they won just before she came back because they won the Energy Watch Tour, which Lucinda Brand won with a penultimate stage and then took the GC. Hurrah, Lucinda. Um... And that was literally the last race they could have raced without her, you know, without Voss. True, true. So, and so, yeah. and um, but the other interesting thing is Kasia Nuodoma won the GP Geppingen, which is a much smaller race, a national level race, but within Rabo's other team. So it's it's kind of like they've just found their mojo. And I'm so happy for them because that must have been a really frustrating start to the season. And now they're just ridiculously insanely dominating and um yeah uh bad luck for emma johansson in that race um, yeah super bad luck i mean Uh, but but you know i think it's one of those ones that she's probably going to take it quite well in stride because she's been on great form through the season and been doing really well anyway so um yeah you know and we all actually you know and and uh imaku um imaku is one of the traditional warm-up well it's a great race in its own right and they race hard for it but it's also a warm-up race for Giro Rosa yeah yeah which is you know just around the corner like that's did I did I I send you the link to the um Giro Rosa theme tune for this year oh yeah I'm sure you did I can tell you without any shadow of a doubt that I definitely didn't fucking click it well we've it's a weird Euro thing like this is this is the same way that you guys get into like Eurovision and think it's really cool or something and it's not it's just fucking horrible like what's, you know what's theme songs? Theme songs don't make things better. They just don't. You know what makes things better? Gangster rap, heavy metal, coffee, whiskey. They make things better. Theme songs don't. I love the Giro Rosa theme song, and we're going to start one of our. We're going to start our Giro Rosa special with the Giro Rosa theme tune, <laughs> no, just like we did last no, year. No, that is not going to happen. We did it that last is, year. We're going to do it again no, this year. That will not happen. That I can guarantee that will not happen. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Anyway, there was also racing over the USA. Yes, there was. There was. There's, there's racing all over the world. Um, there was North Star Grand Prix yeah. six-stage race in Minnesota, which I now know is in the north of America. Um, <laughs> Thanks, actually, by the way, to Sword Panda for that map. That was pretty good. <laughs> yes. Um, I, just, I, I love no, your geography skills. They're the best. Um, now, this used to be the Nature Valley Grand Prix. Um, it is, and it's it kind of kicks off with a two, st- and it's got a men's race alongside the women's race. It's got great video all the way through, so there's really good video from each stage, which is on our blog, prowomenscycling.com. Um, started off with a two-stage sta- two day where Alison Powers of United Healthcare won the individual time trial. No, she didn't. Yes, she, yes, did. she did. No, she didn't. Yes, she did. And Carmen Small 
of um, of specialized Lululemon won the stage two crit. Uh, I had that down with her as number two, and Corinne Rivera winning oh, that. Yes, Corinne Rivera won the stage two crit. Tell me what else happened in it. Because <laughs> um, I, I, you were getting confused with stage three, where they reversed, and Carmen won that, and Corinne came second. Right. Um, yes, yes. I, w- I do also want to add, actually, on stage two, that Lizzie Williams, Aussie from Vanderkitten, um, came third. Um, yeah. Which you know, yeah, Evander Kitten. They actually had a really great race. They picked up, I think it was four podium places overall. So, yes. um, don't give it away. I, that's not giving it away. Jesus, four podium places. So what happened? Stage three. Um, well, we said Carmen won, Corinne second. Um, then stage four, uh, Corinne went back to to first because she kind of liked it up there, um, beating out Leah Kirkman and Lauren Hall from Optum. And that was a crit? Uh, that was the Uptown Minneapolis crit. Oh, I do have to add, actually, that North Star, man, they give their stages really good names. Like, you know, the everything's got an actual name. So, like, stage three is the Cannon Falls Road Race, which I can't help but imagine that being a road race where cannons are dropped onto the road at intermittent. I know that's not the actual thing but that would be very you're cool. just you're just thinking of australian races where you ride from mount warning to point danger um, <laughs> well and there is... it does lead in nicely to stage five which is the menominee <laughs> road race which i can't help you remember that um that that song menomina no i don't no didn't exist. No. <laughs> it totally did. No. You can't love Eurovision and the Giro Rosa pop song um, and no, not love phenomena. Just change the subject quickly. <laughs> Julian Carlton won that stage. Um, Vander Kitten's um, first stage win of the race. And then on stage um, six. Hurrah, hurrah for Gillian Carlton. We love Gillian Carlton yeah. because she is an um, Olympic silver medalist on the track in the team pursuit. Very super strong rider, but she's been very very open about her battles with depression and her mental health, mental health issues and eating disorders and stuff like that. And she's really, she was riding for Specialized Lululemon last year, but she kind of took a break, for, had to take a break for them to deal with her, you know, to deal with her mental health issues. And I'm just so so happy that she's that she's you know that she's racing well as well and you know and hopefully she's well as well and yeah i yeah i'm i i'm really it's it's like she's one of those riders where you just i'm so happy to see her do well yeah exactly um and also she always has really cool hair so not that that actually matters it's just a an, an added bonus yeah. Um, stage six was the Stillwater Crit, which was won by Lizzie Williams. Aforementioned. No, you missed out stage five. No, stage five was Gillian Carlton. We literally oh, really? just they talked about stage back. five. They won back to back stages. Yeah, and congratulations to Lizzie Williams because apparently she's been away from the sport for ten years. Which yeah, so um, like it, it's been a, it was a pretty amazing race. Um, yeah, yeah, and quite exciting to to see. And very- well, very exciting because I mean they had some hilly. They've got the Menominee. Oh God, you've earworm. <laughs> hate so much. I, <laughs> I hate you. No, stop it, earworm. Jesus, I can't stand you. Um, the Cannon Falls Road Race and the Menominee um, <laughs> Road Race are hilly. So it's got like two. You know, so it's a really. It's got a cup. It's got three crits, two hilly stages, an ITT. So it's a nicely varied course. But they have they have bonifications that go towards the general classification throughout it too. So it's a big fight all the way through between Carmen Small um, 
and Alison Powers of United Healthcare and Leah Kirkman of Optum. And it ended up with small. She took the um, yellow jersey after stage two, I think, and kept it all the way through. So, you know, congratulations to her as well. Yeah, really she, nice. she stagged it with, I think it was a 12 seconds um, that she picked up on that stage in bonifications, gave her a five second lead, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so then she it, was singing Menomina the whole way home. There's something you should definitely watch, which is the um, Alison Powers on-bike camera footage. Oh, which, that was so fucking good when she's leaning out. Um, Corinne. Oh, yes, yes. That was really stage good. Four. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so leaning. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because do you want the camera footage that shows you know, the person, the people behind. But it was really interesting because she's leading her out so you can see the course. And then there's a moment where people are surging on either side, where other sprint trains are surging on either side and she pushes it because she's Alison Powers and she stomps and she has the power. I'm Alison Powers. It's in the name. And yeah, and and then Corinne shoots past her and it's just, it's just lovely, really yeah. lovely to see that kind of thing. I'm I, really I dream happy. of a future in which there's a, a camera similarly mounted on every bike that can... Um, go, you know, feed a, a live stream back to a, a vision switching desk so that you can switch between, and um, and that between uh, with fixed cameras, you'd get some bloody good race footage off it. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of that, it was BMX this week. It was. It- the BMX Supercross, which is the BMX World Supercross World Cup, I still haven't quite got the difference between BMX and BMX Supercross, but I think BMX Supercross is longer and harder. Is, um, is it, I I, or, or is it just that it's bigger jumps? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. It's outdoors. It's um, super. That's all I know. It's but there was a ton of 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 helmet cam video footage yeah. from those races. And they had um, Brooke Crane, who was an American rider who crashed in the final. And oh my God, watching a BMX crash in, um, oh, it was horrid. Because um, someone went someone went in front of her. Was, oh God, she wasn't hurt, luckily. And Felicia Stansteel, uh, Stansteel and American rider, which had beautiful shadows of her jumping. Like, you know, you, you can't see her, you know, you can see just these, these shadows in front of her where she's just making little, little stylish exactly. BMX. Exactly. You can't see a fucking thing. And the last one was um, was Mariana Mariana Pajon, former world champ, who won all her um, won all her, her her heats and semi-finals, and then was beaten in the end by Caroline Buchanan. But there's an amazing moment in this in this on bike footage where Caroline Buchanan just kind of comes past. You can see her shadow kind of crawling up the road first, and then Caro shoots past her, and you can see Caroline's because Caroline Buchanan is so brilliant. Um, Caroline won the World Cup time trial and the World Cup. Mm. She just went, she was brilliant and amazing and yeah. lovely, 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 happy. There's an interview with her afterwards, after the time trial, where she goes, what did you think of the course? Yeah, it's really, really hard. I love it, so I want more. <laughs> exactly. More competition, harder competition. Um, but you may have guessed you may have guessed that as much as I love the Alison Powers on bike footage, I was unimpressed by the helmet cam footage of the BMX. Why? Because you couldn't see anything in the race. All you see is fucking shadows and front wheels, and it was just annoying to not actually be able to see anything meaningful. But that's partly. I mean, that's partly because Mariana Pajon was out front. For you know, she was out front. No, no, no. It's because of it's because of how they set the cameras up. They face them down. And no, no, they put, they put them facing forwards on the. Um, they put them facing forwards on the, 
on the helmet. It's just that the riders are getting our heads down on BMX. No, 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 no. Yes, 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 yes. Because it's a very, um, it's a very, 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 very fast sport. So they're pretty. When you watch them, they're pretty much head down all the way around. Yeah, but that that just it doesn't matter whether or not. Like I'm not talking in relation to where their rider's head is. I'm talking about orientation to the race. Like you, you position the camera so that it's in the right place to get you good race footage. I'm disappointed. First effort, uh, a, a D minus, barely a passing grade. I BMX, so get your shit together. You could see loads of stuff. You and could was... see loads of shadows. What do you fucking do? It's a riders' eye view. I it want to see the race. I don't want to see the riders' eye view. And believe me, the riders could see a hell of a lot more than that camera could. So anyway, anyway. BMX is great. Um, four Cross is great. It's the Four Cross World Championships won by Katie Kerr ahead of Annika Beerton. And that was, uh, and Four Cross, we love Four Cross, bouncy, 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 bouncy. I'm <laughs> basically Four Cross is, Four Cross Sorry. is. So road racing is stompity, stompity. Four Cross is bouncy, bouncy. Yeah, Four Cross, <laughs> like BMX, right? Four Cross is the bastard child of BMX and mountain bikes. <laughs> because you're riding on a similar sort of course. There's four of you going out at a time. I can believe they have eight riders at a time on the track on that BMX thing. Oh, my God, it's scary. Maybe six. But, um, yeah, Four Cross is four riders at a time on a course that's a little bit like a BMX course on the dirt with lots of huge jumps. Yep. It's great. Anyway, Dan is yet to be converted to mountain bike, and I don't know how, because we also no, have... Because I like, I like riding mountain bike. I just, you know, racing mountain bike's not my thing. That's okay. I don't have to love everything all the time, Sarah. It's not like I'm some goddamn hippie. Well, I'm not saying you have to love... I'm not saying you have to love cross-country necessarily, but you have to love downhill, and we have Why? Two. Why do I have to love downhill? Where two. does it say... Where does it say in our non-existent contract that I have to love downhill? Do you remember when we were going to get a podcast divorce a couple of years ago? No, I don't recall that at where, all. I mean, that, we didn't I mean, even that, go to podcast I, counselling, so how could we have been getting a divorce? You wouldn't well, have left anyway, our... You anyway. wouldn't have abandoned our podcast children. I would never believe you'd do that. No, no, the podcast children would stay, would stay with me. I, I'm <gasps> not like... You, you would deny me access to my podcast children? No, of course I wouldn't. I'd give you equal and, and access to our podcast children. Our podcast children could would spend 50% of the time with you and 50% of the time with me. Oh, well, you know, I'm busy. I travel a lot for work, so... Everyone <gasps> <laughs> doesn't love our... Uh... Oh, podcast children. I, I, I love them, but I think it would be better for them and probably more stable if they if they were in one place uh, during school days and another place during you know. So I think we should take them for a full week at a time. Is kind of what I'm saying, you know. Anyway, um, sorry, podcast children. You don't like <laughs> mummy and daddy fighting, I know, but um, yes, or we working, love you. It's not your fault. In terms of their their settlement, <laughs> it's it's not your fault. It's Dan's. <laughs> Love you. Your um, mum yeah. uh, always two, says shit behind my back, doesn't she? <laughs> two, two down. Man, man, man. torture. You all heard that. <laughs> you asked for it. You all heard that. Um, two downhill World Cups in the space of the week. Basically, um, I was the happiest, happiest little downhill fan. Um, the first one is Fort William 
one of the one of the downhill courses in the world always great scotland i did enjoy all the images of, of riders with massive midge protection and wearing giant hats that actually weirded me like, out man because i'm not used to like i didn't even know there there were things like that in the uk yeah yeah midges are annoying because not only do they bite you you also swallow them yeah, yeah, no, I understand. It's just, I, I, I'm i used to seeing those sorts of weird get-ups in, you know, Australia and countries where things can, you know, kill you. Like, yeah, you're like, oh, midges are annoying because they bite you and you accidentally swallow them. And here we're like, well, the mosquitoes are the size of your head. They will suck all your blood and give you malaria. So, you know, it's, it's just a different thing. It's a part of the world. I, I hadn't realised that you were so scared of fucking nothing. Anyway, so Fort William down here, uh, Fort here, William down, Fort William, there was something weird going on, right? I know, the, Rachel Atherton didn't win everything, that was weird. Oh, you know why Rachel Atherton didn't win anything, Daniel? Australia. I, I warned them, Sarah, you heard me, go back and listen to the podcast, I warned them. She caught a hideous virus on the plane to Australia to the Cairns Downhill World Cup and she's been sick ever since no but did I or did I not the week before the Cairns Downhill warned them to stay away because it wasn't safe and it was a trap I did try to warn them well that's why Rachel happened but the other thing that really weird that happened in in Fort William um, in the finals you've got three Brits um, you've got um, Manon Carpenter who won Cairns and Rachel Atherton who won everything last year and like I think there was maybe one race she didn't win but she won everything else yeah. and Tani Seagrave who's the two times junior downhill world champ all three Brits Fort William is very important for Brits because you know it's it's probably the uh, it's, you know it's probably the race that they, they grew up knowing about all three of them punctured which sucks like and that's so way. unlucky Poor Rach didn't just puncture, but her wheel, you know, her tyre came off and wrapped itself around its bike. And while she was fixing it, some marshal from the side of the course jumped out of the side of the course and started, you know, tried to help her basically untangle her her tyre from her bike. And she got disqualified for having assistance. Oh, from a marshal. Like, they should know I better. Know. I know, oh, I know. Oh, my God. Not right. Oh, yeah, poor Rachel. But it was won by Emmeline Rago, and I don't want to take anything away from Rago's no, victory because no. she rode just beautifully, and she's had a load of punctures and damage and stuff like that in, pre- in mechanicals yeah. in previous rounds. So it's kind of, yeah, but it was like, it was a little bit weird when you're like looking and you're watching. Well, well Tiny's got, a, Tiny's got a, a, a puncture, and then Rachel's got a puncture, and then Manon's got a puncture. Oh, yeah, anyway, heartbreaking for them. But then this week, it was Leo Gang in Austria. Um, yeah, oh, beautiful mountains. All these mountains. See, one of the reasons I think you should love mountain bikes is that you love mountains. Mountains are awesome. They are. And I do love mountain bikes. See, you keep trying to suggest, you keep trying to take it too far and suggest that I don't love mountain bikes. I do. Videos, I love the riding videos, them. I love, the they're great to ride. The videos and social media from both these races are amazing because you get videos and photo essays from all. Oh, it's just lovely. Um, and yeah, and this week it was Leo Gang, which was much more of a bike party style, less, um, less, uh, you know, less, less unsafe. Cl- less, less cliffs. Man. Less cliffs and death traps and yeah, yeah more tunnels. And lots of jumping, lots and lots of jumping. And this time it was won by Manon ahead of uh, Rach with Miriam Nicole in third and poor Emmeline in fourth. 
Um, Emmeline Rigaud, though, she's so lovely. I mean, obviously, whenever any French person speaks in English, it's great anyway, like just as a matter of course. But she was talking about, yeah, I'm going to, she's been at university at the same time as, um, as, as, as racing mountain bike. So she had her exams in between Fort William and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and <laughs> It's just, it's so ridiculous, isn't it, that you, you've got, you know, these two major races bookending your week and in the middle you're studying for, you know, exactly. biology or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and they were saying in the Fort William stuff, how did you train for your exam? And, oh, well, I was mostly training, for, I was mostly revising for my exams. <laughs> so, um, I was really, and uh, yeah, so I was, you know, so she came forth. But, yeah, it's they're now having a break before they move to the North American section of the of the world cup uh-huh. but yeah <sighs> so that was last week's racing oh there was also something called the diamond tour which is, it was a day race won by yoli and Dehoor. okay cool. and where is that be- just just help me out because i don't think i've ever heard of that belgium okay. i haven't it's a new race it, it's been it's just, it, i think it's been the, the race has been part of the lotto cycling um tour stage race well, before i Speaking, it's run by those. speaking of new races then, now that we're done with races past, um, is this a good time to talk about like UK races, upcoming UK bike stuff? Oh my god, so much bike stuff upcoming. Woohoo! Ah, another sport Dan woefully underappreciates is cyclocross. Um, I believe that I appreciate it exactly the right amount, thank you very much. Dan should come over in November to Great Britain and watch the first inaugural, first time there's been a World Cup here, Cyclocross World Cup in Milton Keynes. Now, help help me out. I know we've talked about this before, but I've completely forgotten. Milton Keynes is like, what, just a little bit north of London or something like that? Yeah, a little bit north of London. It's on the east side of the country, so it's also particularly good for getting a Stenoline ferry um, to Harwich. And going to get going going to it from there. You just and made all those names up: Stenoline Ferry, Harridge. That those are not real things. And 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 they tend to do things like have deals with Stenoline, where you can get cheap ferry t- cheap ferry tickets to go there. Or if you come by Eurostar, you, it's very very easy to get to um, to Milton Keynes. Or if you come by plane, go to Luton Airport because that's super super near. And all that is a way of saying. Please come to the Milton Keynes Cyclocross World Cup. It's on 29th of November. It's going to be brilliant. Um, it's it's Helen Wyman's kind of localish race. So you know, and we're very, 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 very excited. I want to have a massive crowd cheering. It's super easy to we get should, to. We should probably make sure that we interview Helen the week before that race too, just so that we make sure she wins. Yes, 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 yes. Not that she needs our help, but um, yeah. Other things you can go and see in Britain. Um, the Half the Road film is coming to my city. Um, if you want, if you're anywhere near Bristol in England, Bristol in England, we've got an airport, so you can fly in. Um, come to the Half the Road screening on the eighth of July, which is part of the Bristol Bicycle Festival and cycling festival and um then come for a drink or a beer or a coffee with me afterwards or before and yes let's have a day it's going to have chrissy wellington the triathlon superstar presenting it it's going to be a really good one buy your tickets early people you can find the link on our site cool and the other thing you should go and see if you're in britain is in conjunction with the with the grand part of the tour 
there's a amazing play on looking play on <gasps> I know where that's going to be it's going to be in what? Yorkshire isn't it it is awesome which is in like the north of England yes yes it is and it's at the West Yorkshire Playhouse which is one of the top theatres in the country very well known for um, innovative style plays and it's a play do you remember last year it's a play about Beryl Burton who is the multiple world champion now this is um, being written by the actress Maxine Peake and it was last year and it's been adapted from a radio play that was on Radio 4 last year and uh-huh. it went had a really good thing so um, if you're around Leeds on the 30th of June um, there's the the opening of Beryl the play and there's also a forum on women's sport um, it's the plays until 19th of July there's tons of other events that are going on around it and a photo photography exhibition all sorts of stuff and yeah go and see it yes lots to see in Britain I don't know cool. why half my notes of things to talk about are Britain related it's weird seeing how you live in Britain um, that you would talk about things in Britain that's yeah odd well were other things there was um there was the really cool little uh matrix valpine season you know how our season's going video yep, that yep. was lovely season update season update yeah and there was a video from um about from british cycling with of, of young people on its national youth forum talking about the work that they do which was really nice oh cool cool well speaking of um interesting videos that um that we've seen you know, during the last week um, I saw a uh, specialised Lululemon video, um, or actually I think it was a UCI video, but featuring uh, two new writers for, for Specialised, uh, Tiff Cromwell and Chantal Black, basically interviewing each other. But it looked like someone else had written them the questions. Yeah, it was sweet. They were answering questions someone else gave them, like who's the laziest, who's the messiest, and stuff like that. But I really like them. They're such nice riders. That, and it was a really, really nice interview. But I think my favourite part of it was when they mentioned that they referenced the Orica video um, that Tiff um, made, uh, was it last year or the year before, on how to pack for a race? You know what? <laughs> and, it was, and, it and was at, two years ago. At the end of that reference... Um, Tiff's sister Chantal, and for the record, all of that stuff was mine. I didn't borrow a thing. (laughs) (laughs) That's physically impossible. That's physically impossible. I mean, I thought that was a. I really enjoyed Tiff and I really enjoyed Tiffany and Chantal talking to each other. Yeah, Yeah. but I thought it was a weird thing to do to kind of. It was a bit of a strange dynamic to have two writers asking each other questions someone else had written. Yeah, and, and, and the other thing I found really weird about it was including the Orica video, which is two years old, no, which is, you know, two and a half years old, I guess now, but also was much better because, and that's not better because, not better because you know, because it was a different format. The format was comedy and funny and Yeah, yeah. it was a very different and, style of video, that's the thing. Yeah, and it was Tiff being very, Tiff's a very good natural comedian, isn't she? She's very, yeah, she's yeah. very, she's got a she's sly got a very, wit. Yeah, she's very dry and funny. So, and, and it wasn't that she didn't come across it. You know, it's, it wasn't that they were bad or anything in the Q and A. It's just at the format of them sitting in a camper van asking each other yeah. some quite boring questions. Really, oh, who's the laziest? Who's always on? T- you know, who's always on their phone and stuff? And and I mean, and, and they were kind of deliberately asked to kind of go, well, that'll be you. Well, that'll be me. But it was it it just it was a strange thing because it's kind of highlighting, hi, we're the UCI, we're making this video. But you know who's better at making videos? <laughs> Everyone else. Riders themselves. Yeah. 
So yeah, but, uh, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to knock it because, of course, I love no, them, and they were no, so and, fun. And, and it was fun, and it's it's worth a, a watch for just the little bits of insight, extra bits of information that you get anyway. So, yeah, yeah. I did enjoy that one. Um, was there any, you know, video wise, anything else that you saw that that? So many more videos. Um, I guess keeping the specialised Lululemon theme, there was a video put out. I think it was Cycling News's interview with Abby Stevens after um after. Oh, now was this the one where she's talking about her basically how she's going to ride the Tour de France this year? Yeah, basically, she's saying that she's going to have her own Tour de France, which is she's going to ride the Giro Rosa and then the next day start the Turingen Rundfahrt. Cool, cool. I, I just, I, I'm curious to know which of the stages will be her rest day. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm assuming. Well, it can't be the time trial because she'll rock that. Yeah. I sprinting ones. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that that does actually make sense. I'll be actually quite curious to see how she goes. Um, you know, particularly yeah. in, in touring, and because you know that is the you know that's that's a second consecutive week of. of you know what will be quite hard stage racing, and um, and so I will be curious to see how she goes. Not from any particular sense of expectation, but just because it, you know it, it's one of those things we don't often get to see um, women doing that many days of back to back racing. Yeah, 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 and 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 it's also I mean you know. I don't know if you saw the Jason Kenny Laura Trot interview a couple of weeks ago, where Jason Kenny was basically, "Oh, big women can't drive drive the Tour de France; they'll be deaths." And yeah, and um, yeah, hurrah for that! Oh, um, stupid people getting airtime, so annoying. Well, you know, who should we ask whether women should ride a Tour de France? Let's ask a male track sprinter. Yeah, yeah, exactly, because he knows I mean, he knows exactly what it's all you about. You're not going to ask. You're not going to ask Usain Bolt about running a marathon, are you? I mean, anyway. Um, well, uh, only if it's a women's marathon. <laughs> it's just so absurd. It makes me want to hit them all. It's not fair. I know. I know. Anyway, moral of the story, athletes: be careful when 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 going with the mail on the Daily Mail because they'll quote you on what you say. Um, yeah. Also, uh, also feel free. Which to is smack- an unusual thing to say about the Daily Mail because you know because um, that's the other thing is that is that the apologies that went on Facebook got taken down very quickly, and that's probably because people are going, yeah, you know what? Do you want us to release your interview tape? You said that. <laughs> so. But this is very unusual because the Daily Mail isn't known for quoting you on what you actually said. <laughs> Unless you said something really, really stupid. Um, so, I yeah. Speaking of track, I want to have some good news. Hurrah for oh. the UCI. Yeah, yeah, okay. I think I know what this is going to be, but lay it on us. I, they had an announcement last week where they announced all the places that are going to have their world championships and world, you know, for the next couple of years. And it included... Two paracycling track world championships, um, one in 2015 and one in 2016. I am so, 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 so happy that they've. I mean, you know, I know I'm saying congratulations on doing what you're fucking supposed job to is. do. Yes, but because, because the paracyclists, as you probably know, haven't had a UCI, didn't have a UCI track level, you know, UCI level track race. Um, from uh, before the Paralympics in 2012 um, th- th- to uh, spring this year. Yeah, yeah. Basically two years between UCI, yeah. you know, track events. So, 
you know, I'm really, really happy because so, having a world championships is so important. Yeah. How are you supposed to train, keep motivation, get sponsored? So, yeah. Yeah, no, um, I, I, I agree. And I think I've worked out a loophole for us because we don't have to congratulate the UCI for doing what they're supposed to do, but we can celebrate on behalf of, um, you know, um, our, our paracyclist friends and, and athletes um, that they've got uh, a top-level event to, to be preparing for and planning for. That's yeah, fantastic. It's in, it's in Apple Dawn in the Netherlands next year, which has had, you know, which is a really great, you know, I mean, the Netherlands, of course, is. But I would like to think that this is something Brian Cookson-y because Cookson did take a lot of flack over the Paracycling World Champs, and rightly so, because the UCI had said beforehand, you know, for when, when it was Paracycling World Champs this year, they put up, a live stream link oh a live stream link and and, <laughs> and then Cookson came out there's video there's video <laughs> I remember that that was, was <laughs> and all the video was was one shot of of um of Sarah Story um racing and yeah. the other thing that's really really frustrating was the 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 cooks the UCI spin was oh well unfortunately the video was unusable so we couldn't use it but actually athletes themselves had copies of the video which they were told to take off you know which they they got on stick drives yeah and they which they were putting up on their own sites and were told banned from doing that so they're like yeah, yeah that was so I think he took a lot of he he right you know the UCI. And Cookson took this flack because he'd come out, well, his Twitter account had come out and said, yeah, we've got loads of coverage. And everyone just went, what the fuck? Yeah, well, yeah, um, exactly. Point us to, to some actual coverage then, you know. But, but so, you know, yeah. if, if that flack has led to uh, people, you know, paracycling, track paracycling, popping up on the radar and getting, uh, getting, getting more, more good, you know, Obviously, in the future, we want Track World Cup. I still say I'd like paracyclists to be part of the Track World Cup season. Yeah, yeah. Just, well, I, I, as, I see no reason for them not to be, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, you're only going to add maybe a day and a half to the overall program or something yeah, like that to include yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and bear in mind that Track World Cups in, in sell out. In, in you know, yeah, our yeah. ones sell out. There's massive crowds in in the in the South American ones. I think the Australian ones sell out. So this isn't you know this isn't something that's like you know this it, it would just you just fold it all into the same events. You have more events. Yep. Respect you know respecting the athletes as 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 equal athletes just with you know equal athletes just with you know, different physical capabilities and bang exactly. win 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 win. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I couldn't, couldn't agree more. Um, so in addition to getting your your course planning certification, you need to get your Track World Cup planning certification. Um, and soon you'll be ready. You'll, you'll be ready you know to run what? the I UCI. Need to on, I need to be on the UCI. That's what I need to be on. Um, actually, we should find out. Because remember when we spoke to Monique, she said that it's actually a lot easier to get onto these commissions and things than you'd think because hardly anyone nominates for them. We should get you on some of these. I'm going to try and get you on a, on a management committee or something. <laughs> I think I think if we can turn stompity stompity stomp into a hashtag, we can we can get you on a UCI management committee or something like that. Surely, that's awesome. Yeah, you know what? I'd probably get the biscuit committee or something like that. <laughs> yeah, but they'd be the best fucking biscuits. Yeah, um, you, biscuits. I've got a segue for biscuits. Holy biscuits. shit! Biscuits is one of those words that means something different in England and America. I don't know what they mean in Australia, but in England they're like cookies, sweet, crunchy, delicious things. 
other things that are different in England and America? <laughs> um, coffee. Are how you read blogs. And uh, Mara Abbott had a blog this week on cycling news. Okay, yep. I, I actually didn't, um, I didn't read the whole thing. I, I saw a little bit um, posted elsewhere, like just a quote. Um, yeah. So catch me so, up. What, what's the, give well, me the gist. Give me the 10 second rundown. I think I'm culturally seeing something different because people either love this blog or find it a little bit problematic. But it's Mara Abbott talking about how climbing is the best form of cycling in the world ever. And sometimes she gets distracted by bumblebees and you never want your climbing victory to end just like you don't <laughs> want your last bite of chocolate yeah, cake to end. Yeah, no, I'm, so far I'm shocked that a climber would say that. Um, this is kind of like when, um, when Kev tells us that, that sprinting is the best form of cycling ever. I know. No, yeah. I mean, it, it's. I mean, I just say a lot of people really like it. Go and read it and make up your own mind. That does seem to be the best course of action. So, um, yeah. Okay. Well, tell us. Tell us though um, whether you agree if climbing is the best, best, uh, best version ever, and if all climbs should go on forever. Actually, that's something I thought you would have been on board with, given your love of uphill finishes, uphill time Dan, trials, you know what and Emma Pooley racing. Dan, you know what I think is my best form of cycling ever? Yes, uphill time trials that only Emma Poole is entered in. All of it. All of it. <laughs> God damn um, hippie. <laughs> speaking of blogs, speaking of blogs, Chloe Hosking's got a list of women who blog oh. on her blog, now, which I thought you, was great. Yeah, if, if you're going to look at just one list of things that you want to bookmark and keep track of, go to that post on Chloe's blog because she's rounded up... Um, Women who race and blog, basically, and it's a yeah. fantastic list. Just check that out. And she she crowdsources. I mean, some a lot of it is people she knows, but she also she's what one of the things I love about Chloe is that she crowdsources a lot of these things. You know, she yeah. has her who yeah. to follow her so you can follow cycling because she's like, well, I don't know everything, and you guys have some really interesting things. I can I can I can find some more really fun things. So. Yeah, I really like that. Um, it, she's ChloeHosking.com, always worth reading her blog. She's hilarious and brilliant. Obviously, cool. she's not on that list because it's her list, but you should bookmark her too. Now, I have, I have got a Chloe Hosking segue. Have you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm so proud of you. Riders in the, in the pro peloton who have spent the summer at Chloe Hosking's house. Ah, okay. Yeah, so I saw this... Summer? When you, mean, when you say summer, you mean winter, right? No, I mean like actual summer, like we have in Australia. I don't know what you call summer, but it's not real summer, trust me. Um, <laughs> you know what, you've had like half a day of sunshine, like something like that, and it's just rained the My rest of the time. Call that summer. <laughs> My <laughs> Oh, you went outside for a, a, about five minutes, did you? Okay. Well, yes! <laughs> Um, because the sun was that strong that in five minutes I got some. <laughs> yes, you had to had to flee back to the safety of um, of your interior. Um, my, no, anyway, like the pride internet forum person that I am. Yes, indeed, indeed. Now back in your box and shush. Phenomena. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Getting if you put that to... as a video at the top of our post, I'm officially divorcing you. No, no, I think I think this will be the price that you pay for me me losing the Giro Rosa battle because we both know that I'm going to lose that one. So I think oh, I think you okay, have to lose okay, this okay. one. I'll, I'll accept yeah. it. Can you sing the Menomina song then? I'm not going to sing it. No, but I'll put it in the post. Already. Anyway, it won't, it won't earworm me properly unless it's sung three times. That's like the law. 
Well, I've already sung it more than three times, so move on. Um, so as I was trying to say about four hours ago, <laughs> Chloe Hosking hosted her good mate um, and current Wiggle Honda rider, Amelia Forleen, um, at her home in Canberra over the summer. Um, and I saw a really interesting interview with Amelia. Uh, and now, this is where I do need your help, Sarah, because I'm sure you've seen the same interview, and I am so lost in time at the moment that I can't remember if it was from this week or last week. It was from um, probably from the in- inter- intermediate point between the weeks. It's on Cycling Quotes, yeah, uh, yeah, which is run by Tina Levine, who's a Swedish rider, and she also helps run the team and just an all-round great yeah. person, really great person. Um, and it's all about needing to regain the love of cycling, this interview with Amelia. It's very, very, very honest. It's very honest, but it's also very interesting because um, it's one of the things that, that we, as in you and I, have talked about a couple of times about what it must be like to spend so much of your career as a domestique and riding for other people. And and that was the part that really struck me was that, that Amelia was very, very honest talking about how she really relished and enjoyed doing her job well as a domestic, but one of the things that she has had to reconnect with since moving to Wheel Honda, and part of the reason that they wanted to bring her into the team was to to help her um, get back towards working and winning in her own right. Um, yeah. Not to say that any of her other teams didn't want her to win, but, but you know, it's 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 that thing of your role in the team. And um, and so it was a very, very interesting read, and I really appreciated, I mean, as you say, Tina does a, a wonderful job um, with, with all of the work that she does. Um, it, it was a great interview from, from both perspectives, and, uh, and again, you know, definitely worth the read. Yeah, I think, I mean, she's saying, does she say something like, maybe I became complacent racing for Specialised Lululemon? Well, uh, look, what I, what I understood that to mean, and I, I, I'm you know, could could be completely wrong, but but the way I read that was was that um, she I understood that to mean that that she had sort of settled into that role of a domestique and and had yeah. given up the idea of um, riding for herself or winning for herself. Yeah. Um, and so it, it it yeah, and I think I can't remember if she actually used the word complacent, but I, I get what you mean because I think that can definitely feed into it when it. It's sort of it's about changing your ambitions and your aspirations, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and and it's interesting, I think, to think about um, and and then to read in this interview, you know, Amelia sort of discussing the the notion of that um, as it feeds into her own um, understanding of herself and her career path and all of those sorts of things. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, I thought she, you know, it's it's. She had that weird. She had that. In, she had that time a couple of, when in her last year of Specialized Lululemon, where after the Swedish National Championship, she was basically saying, "Yeah, they fucked my TT bike, and I can't get it right. You know, I can't get my bike set up right and stuff." Which she mm. said in a Swedish radio interview, and you know, she obviously was very, very, very frustrated. And yeah. you know, I she's she's such a. I think the other thing was that Amelia started. She was like the youngest Swede ever to sign with a pro team. You know, she was yeah, 19. she was nineteen. You know, like and she just exploded, yeah. you know, and she exploded onto the scene. And I think it, she's almost the opposite. You know, her and Chloe are good friends, and she was almost the opposite of Chloe, who said that you know she wasn't particular. You know, she wasn't the best at eighteen, but she kind of came. To, you know, she developed later, and yeah, and there yeah. must be so much. I mean. So I interviewed Ashley Millman this week, and one of the things Ashley said, talked, touched on, was the need to keep riding as a woman rider because your your worth is based on your is based on your world tour ranking, 
and so you need to keep racing and and that's so she was talking about that in the context of yeah. not having done a done a recon of the Giro Rosa of the you know the, the right. Giro Rosa because you know there's very few saying there's very few riders who get to you know obviously Boss does yeah but but, but, but there's not there's a handful of riders that get to sort of take the time away from racing in yeah. order to and then you've got like, yeah. yeah then you've got Mara Abbott who's basically signed just to concentrate on one race to mm. focus on this race and she can just basically spend her time riding up and riding up Colorado mountains just focusing on this one race and that's a luxury you know this is one of the things about you know Mara talking about how we should savor the moment more and we should do this and we should do that but she obviously has the luxury of doing that (laughs) yeah it's very rare you know Emma Pooley's a climber but she doesn't you know her her if her value and, and Ash is a climber but if their value is based on based on 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 world tour rankings they don't have the luxury of of getting to just go and ride up hills all day exactly exactly and it's you know because they so they've got to ride the sprint races and they've got to kind of do well in the races that they're, that there's that aren't you know they've got to ride cobbled classics and stuff and you know it's it's an interesting thing but yeah i thought the emilia interview was brilliant and you should definitely definitely search it out if, if you only look at one two posts this week look at chloe's list and look at emilia's um, Amelia's interview, um, interview. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely, definitely those. And I, I just wanted to actually throw in, because we're talking about interviews, um, I have a sneaking suspicion that um, that our friend Clara's interview with Alison Powers came out after we last spoke. Oh, probably, yes. It yeah. was on Basic Magazine. Yeah, um, and I, I, it just occurred to me now, and I just wanted to give a shout-out to it, um, not just because Clara's a friend, but that is actually another really great and really honest interview um, for, for a whole bunch of different reasons. And one of the, the interesting things, and, I, and I'm not going to get into a, a, you know who's right or wrong sort of thing, but one of the things that she touches on is how she just wasn't comfortable racing in Europe. Um, and so, so has made the choice to, to work on her career based out of the US. Um, and I, I found that really interesting. And I also found it um, particularly interesting from the point of view of, you know, women's cycling actually sort of being right on the cusp of this, this sort of very fortunate time where that's actually a viable option for some riders. Yeah, I mean, Ali Powers is one of the best riders, is, is, is probably, I'd say, the best American domestic rider Yep. Um, she's 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 consistent. She's good. She's a, you know she's a national champion in three disciplines right now, and so I'm not sure. I mean, and, and there's other riders who choose to stay in the states, but mm. I mean it's difficult. I mean, again, I so when I was talking to Ashley, she was talking about how it's very hard for the people who are outside of you know Europe to race and we've mm. talked about this before in relation to the Aussies but you know you have to give up a lot and you're going to a new culture and you're going to new languages and it's all very difficult the racing's very different you, you're away from your family and Ash was saying that for riders from Af- South Africa and Africa which I didn't realise you only get a three month visa at a time oh right I hadn't realised that either and okay. um, apparently for the men because they get well paying you know they get, they get well paying contracts they can get you know they can get residency or a working yep. visa yep. but for the women because they're not earning you know not earning earning much money at all they can't yeah. you know they get so she's saying the only reason that she can stay so long is because her husband Carl has an Italian passport right right okay so she's married to Carl yeah they have a. She's then helped by her. You know, she doesn't need to worry about that because obviously, you know, with Europe, you can be around the whole of you know the whole of Europe on that same, 
you know, on that, on that, but yeah, it's on on that because he's yeah, yeah, because you got the union going on. So, but like, yeah, and she was very, very interesting about it, and and I think one of the reasons it's so I was asking her, how do you make it better for South Africans and you know people outside of 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 you know of Europe, and she was saying, well, she thinks the Aust- what the Australians did of having a base where you where where you come over you have one base and they look after you and it's like a little bit of australia in you know in in italy or whatever and, yeah yeah you know and you're kind of really 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 looked after um i don't think team usa does that with their riders so much um no well they from memory i, I could be wrong about this but they do i think one or two like intensive camps a year like one during spring and yeah. one later in the year like just before I, worlds and and that's it as far as i can recall yeah i went to i went well they they they, they bring riders across for batches of races you know so lauren hall's been across a couple of times but but when i mean i went to not this year but last year i went to the omloop noiseblad yeah and there was a very very cold race this was fro- this was the first race this was the race where Moraine got her first frozen eyeballs you know, it's the first race of this. It's the first Cobble Classic. It's, it's some for some you know for riders who've come from the states and Australia. It can be the first time they've ever ridden in the European peloton, and they're riding in Hetnoisblad. Yeah, and it's giant. It's mayhem. It's crashy. It's 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 crazy. Like you know, there's a reason that the best riders like have you know drop everyone on the first climb. It's because it's quite dangerous. Yeah. And at the end of the race, there were three, two or three American riders huddled in the velodrome huddling up to each other because their swanee was at the finish line not at the uh, because not not at the um not not where all the rate not not at the start line where the riders was you know where the riders or the vans were right and poor three riders they just and people were just lending them jackets yeah but yeah. at that point they didn't know anyone they didn't know how it worked they didn't speak the language they didn't know you know they didn't know who anyone was it was I, I if I had done that I would have gone I would never have come back because it was just such a you know you you yeah. probably they're, they've been sent back there late, you know, early because they've been pulled from the race probably halfway through. They've probably crashed one time each. It's been hell, and it's been culture shock. It's freezing, and then they just like huddling, you know. And, and it's not like they're they know people, so they can just go, "Oh, hey, Swanee from a different team. My 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 person's not there. Do you have someone there you can tell to get the fuck back here?" And you know, and that's yeah. Swanee go, "My God, you're dying. Come into our, you know, come yeah, to my, yeah. you know, sit in my van and." You know what I mean? Yeah, Have yeah. some of my energy drink. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. And, and, and that's the thing, you know, and it, it is just very interesting. Um, and, and that's all I meant by, by pointing out the, that interview is just that it is um, interesting to see those different sort of perspectives and, and get that view. Um, again, because it's one of those ones that I don't think gets talked about very much. Like people, people tend to sort of go, "Oh yeah, it's hard and it's, it's a challenge because there's culture shock and stuff." But, but we tend to feel an obligation to um, gloss over how hard that can be sometimes. And so I just found it very interesting to yeah. to see an interview with someone um, actually just be quite honest about it. I mean, she wasn't, in my opinion, she wasn't rude or, or anything. She wasn't like, "I hate Europe. It's horrible." She was just like, "The racing didn't suit me." And so I decided that um, if I wanted to actually really enjoy what I was doing, I would I would stay based here in the US. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, she's good, but she's coming over to the Giro, isn't she? Um, I thought she was coming over for Worlds, but I didn't. I don't think she's coming over for the Giro. I could be wrong about that, but that yeah, that's yeah. my recollection. So, yeah. but that's so that that's an interview with Cla- um, Alison Powers, interviewed by Clara Beard on Bicycling dot com. Um, yeah. Um, speaking of Worlds, Worlds. Um, 
just before the Spanish races, since they were out in Spain anyway, um, Annemiek van Vleuten was one of the riders who went to see the world course at Ponferrada in Spain, and she had an interesting twit pick of it. Well, I thought this was really interesting because you showed it to me, and I was like, oh, that's just a... Because she was over there looking at the TT course, yeah? Mm. And so I was just like, well, it just looks like they're doing a cyclocross TT this year because... Um, both both people in the pick have just got their bike up over their shoulder, handlebars hooked correctly, and they're ready to run. So, yeah, they were basically they were in a part of the course which hasn't been finished yet. She says the um the the TT course is well, it's going to be in, it is going to be interesting watching Ali Powers go up against Ellen Van Dyke. But I think this is another course that might have been designed by Ellen Van Dyke's dad or someone. <laughs> Because what did she say? Flat, not very technical, 26 corners or something like that. Yeah. Uh, no, I think it was six corners, 26 kilometres, wasn't it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, I, Ellen, yeah. Ellen, does, Ellen prefers a bit of technicality and a bit of corner, a bit of hard corners because she just ploughs through them while everyone else has to slow down a bit. But, but yeah, um, that's going to be interesting watching. Um, I, I am looking forward to that. And, you know, and I, don't, I, I don't think that riders should have to come to Europe. You know, I think that you should, have, you should be able to have a cycling career wherever you are, I think. You well, know, obviously, well, to me, this is, make- what, this is what it means when, when the UCI talks about... Um, globalization you know to me it's yeah. not it's not about bouncing the whole pro peloton all over the world it's about establishing strong racing scenes in all parts of the world where you can enjoy top quality racing um that will include a mix of of you know um elite cyclists from from all yeah. over the world but you and, know, and, yeah. you know, ali I mean, I mean racing in america she's probably making money you know, she's she's making money there. Yeah. You know, you've got these. You've got these <laughs> it's, it's an incredible irony, isn't it? That she, yeah, you're right. She's probably making money, um, as opposed to you know, like twenty euro and a bowl of pasta. In, well, um, well, they have like hundred dollar premiums, you know, like their <laughs> crits. Like these these cra- these. Sorry, I'm not meaning crappy in a bad way, but you know, these these crits which aren't very technical and are on really wide roads, and they're not like the race where you'd think, yeah, that's the race that should have the biggest prize pot, but you can make, you can make, you know, you can make a, you can make, you know, a grand, a couple, a couple of grand just by winning the premiums. And yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I I don't, I'm never going to knock that decision making because, you know, why should you have to, you know, I like teams, I do like teams like Specialized Lululemon where there's a setup where you can race, you know, you can race in America. So people, riders like Carmen and Evie have been based out in the States for a while and they can come back into Europe. And teams like, and it's lovely having two UCI level teams, but from the States. So Optum, presented by Kelly Benefit Strategy, and Powers' team, um, United Healthcare, both, you know, sending them over as a team to, you know, to race the women's tour and stuff like that. So, you know, it's nice. It's good. I like it. I'm very happy. Um, it feels like it's a step up. Cool. Yeah, here's hoping it can happen in other countries too. Um, yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think, I think we might be done, my dear. It does sound like, well, uh, look, even if we haven't run out of things to talk about, I think we've run out of ways to talk about things. So Yeah, our, um, our, children, our, children, it's, it, our children are ready for bed, I think. It's your turn. I, I, I drank myself to sleep last night, so it's your turn. Oh, you're so lazy. You just, you just, yeah, funny how it's my turn to put the children to bed and it's your turn to take them to the park and take them swimming and doing the fun things, isn't it? It's not my fault that they enjoy spending activity time with me. I I can't help that. It's, you know, I'm there with them when they commute. I'm there with them when they go on their training rides. I'm I'm there with them when they want me. 
what can I say? It's it's just how it is, you know. Anyway, um, on that happy note, dear child, dear children, dear <laughs> internet children, thank you for listening to us. Thank you for stomping along with us. And um, yeah, up next, hardly any racing because we've got, I don't think we've got a single UCI level race this week. We did, were supposed to have the Giro Trentino this week, but it's been cancelled. Mm. <sighs> And we were also supposed to have the um, Rabostairs or Deutsche Islanden, but it's been cancelled. Um, the races we are meant to have this week, Dan, the Golan races in Syria, I'm betting they've been cancelled too. Well, possibly they're on the same status that they were this time last year, which was, yeah. holy shit, there's a humanitarian crisis, maybe not the best time for a bike race. Yes, exactly. Mm. And then we've got the weekend of national championships this last weekend in June. And then on the 4th of July, it's the Giro Rossa. So I reckon next week we do our um, podcast as a Giro Rossa special preview. Okay, well, um, I look forward to discussing that with you next week. In the meantime, kids, enjoy yourselves and manamana.